0: Hello, Moto America fans, it's time for another episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you may even learn something from this unlikely pair and their special guest. The mic is yours, Paul and Sean.
1: Hey, Sean Bice, what about that? A professional introduction to our podcast for the first time. And it's even even Jonathan Green, for God's sakes. Who would have thought? That was crazy. I
0: uh, I just don't feel worthy, but uh, there's something about the British accent, you know, uh, introducing us. It's like, wow, we've hit the big time. So, <laughs> I'm very. I happy know you're about right. That.
1: It's it's like when I when I watch a motorcycle race and there's British uh, British accent on there for some reason it feels more real. It could be like <laughs> it could be a race through the streets of Tijuana, but if there's a British guy talking about it, it seems like it's like you know the biggest thing in the world.
0: Yes. Yeah, so thank you, Jonathan Green, for for validating our podcast. We appreciate it. That's good.
1: Well, how are you today out there in Ohio?
0: I'm good. You know, I've got a, a quick story to tell too, um, related <laughs> to yeah, Ohio.
1: Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, this one, this one this
0: one will be quicker than than some of my others, but uh just this is this actually relates to our guest, um, Roger Lee Hayden that, that's on. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later too. But, uh, anyway, um, this, I think I mentioned, I sent a photo of this to Roger one time or talked to him about this, but we have a chain of, um, barbecue, uh, places in, I guess they're based in Columbus and there's a bunch in the area called City Barbecue. And the one that isn't too far from us, when I go there, they have, do you remember this is going way back, Paul, but do you remember on mash? They used to have this is a little random. Do you remember they had the, that sign in the middle of the, the mash unit that was like it pointed like Tokyo and Malibu. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this, this, um, city barbecue that we have near us, there is a sign like that going in and I never really noticed it until recently. And on it, it says, uh moonlight barbecue which is in owensboro kentucky and i have no idea why why it's there but they must i I know it's considered a great barbecue joint but i'm amazed that a city barbecue up here pointed that out as a place as a destination to go from there so um that's that's my quick story that relates to roger hayden the fact that moonlight
1: how did you know did it say the name of the place and then it said owensboro or you figured out that it was in owensboro
0: well, yeah, it said Moon. So it says Moonlight. It actually says Moonlight BBQ, which always bugs me that, you know, it says BBQ. They can't spell it out. But anyway, and uh, it uh, and it says Owensboro, Kentucky, and it's it says how many miles it is. So whenever I go there to eat, I, I always remember and, and know just how far it is from there to, well, close to Rogers Place anyway. So I just think it's kind of funny. It's so random that it's, it's there. So that's but,
1: more useless information to fill your stupid head with and
0: it, and it leads into moonlight we can we can talk to Roger about that place and the ice cream place he goes to and racing and all kinds of things so
1: well, let, let's uh let's let's talk to Roger here in a second um i had to do i had to break open the media guide so i could i can't i can't remember what Roger's ever done you know because it's he's been <laughs> retired so long now and it's kind of forgotten but um this this guy, I, I mean, I've known this guy since he was a pudgy little freaking <laughs> kid riding a Suzuki. And for, I mean, he's, he, I, it's funny because when I was looking up in the media guide, it was like, I, I'm probably even going to miss some. But I mean, he's ridden for Arian Honda, Chaparral Suzuki, uh, Monster Kawasaki, Michael Jordan, and obviously Yosh, Yoshimura Suzuki, where he ended his career. But um, yeah, he's been all over the place. And it, 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 I don't know, it's, it's weird that he, it's funny because him and, him and Josh Hayes kind of, I guess, started the same year professionally at least. Right. And it, al- it always seemed like, you know, everyone would always talk about how long how long um, Josh had been doing it without actually realizing that Roger had been doing it the same amount of time. Right. But I think that's mainly because when Roger started, he was actually pretty young, whereas when Josh started, he wasn't. So it kind of gave the illusion that, that Josh had been doing it for longer. Right. But, I mean, this guy, I mean, Roger's been, you know, like I said, he's been there forever. Uh, I think 2001 was when he might have started professionally, and he won this uh, AMA Super Sport Championship in 2007. Uh, he got his first Superbike win in 2012 at Homestead in Florida, and uh, as we know, he won five times in, in the Moto America Series um, before retiring, and ended up with nine career Superbike wins. So he's he he had a really good career, and I, I remember way back, you know, when he when he won that Super Sport chi- uh, Championship. And I mean, this was, he won a Supersport championship when everybody raced Supersport. You know, it's like, um, there's been years when, when Supersport hasn't been what it used to be, but it used to be is when he won that championship. So let's bring, let's bring Roger in and have a little chat with him. Roger, my first question is what do you miss most about not racing? Is it actually riding the bike or not seeing me and Sean?
2: Uh, I'd say easily probably missing you two. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> probably not a doubt. probably
0: me more I'm than you paul up. but i don't know
2: <laughs> i'm tearing
0: up <laughs> i'm pretty emotional well, how, over it myself
1: how are you today in kentucky oh what the, my, the next thing i got is i was looking at strava today and you guys went on your your bicycle ride you and it looked like hayden Gillum and jd and nick um i don't think jake was there
2: and no he was but he doesn't uh he hasn't been using strava
1: Oh, he's got so many miles, he doesn't want to embarrass everybody? Yeah, exactly.
2: And also, Gage Reese went today also. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> so, I look on there, and it's basically, it says, like, it gives, like, four of you guys some KOM. How, how do you all get it?
2: Well, usually because we just work together sometimes, or one person goes for it, and everybody just kind of stays in this draft and someday somebody can get away or if it's up a hill, you know, it was flat, so it was kind of everybody usually can stay in on the flat, but um uh, but no Even it Nick. was it was a good ride.
1: Yeah, it looked like it. All
2: Roger right, is, your moti- is your
0: is your well, I got one question related to cycling. Roger, is your is your motivate I mean, obviously your motivation is different. When you're on a bicycle, what's your motivation now to do what you're doing?
2: Just because I want to, I want to stay competitive at something, and I still want to keep my mind busy and and still wake up and have a goal. And uh, that's—I mean, I did take a lot of time off uh, from—not a lot, but I wasn't cycling very much at all, and you know, did some things to stay somewhat active. But uh, you know, I just want to wake up and have a goal, and that's just to continue to become a. A better cyclist, and and you're right. It is weird because used to when you cycled all the time, you still all you thought about was like racing. You played races out in your head, and you always won the race or whatever. And now when I cycle, and you know sometimes that stuff comes up, and you know I catch myself thinking about it, and it's like, oh man, we thinking about you know. So <laughs> it's hard. To, it's hard to adjust.
0: Yeah, big difference. That's cool that you're still doing it, though.
2: That's awesome. No, I still do it. And I've been riding a lot with the boys, you know, the yeah. last couple weeks, too, at, uh, at JD's and stuff. So, uh, you know, I don't know. It just, it was nice to have that long break that I had. And and uh, now I don't, you know, if I don't want to do a 30-minute moto now, I just ride for however long I want and stop. <laughs>
1: And he, you got to remember too, he doesn't want Dana to leave because he got fat.
2: <laughs> yeah, got a, exactly. He's got a standard to keep there. I
0: don't, I don't, You're I don't, right. can't believe that. You God know, it's funny if too.
1: T- if she took all those cats and left, what would he do? <laughs> <laughs> he
0: loves it. He's all about I the cats. I wouldn't
2: that. <laughs> That'd be okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That'd be okay. Um, yeah.
0: So, so, Roger, it was interesting how, so you got married and then you raced. And then I think this is right. Then you retired. Then we thought, I thought you were just on vacation, but you actually went on your honeymoon. So you definitely spread out the whole uh, marriage, then honeymoon thing, didn't you? I mean, there was a lot of time in between those two things, right?
2: Yeah, there was a, I didn't go on our honeymoon till March, I don't think. And we got married mm-hmm. last, last April and uh, figured, you know, once we got married, it was like right before the season and we thought, Well, really, I thought, you know, just plan it during the off season instead of, you know, you never know, you plan your honeymoon and then there's a test that comes up or there's a, uh, something that, you know, a sponsor wants you to do or whatever. So I figured we could just do it in the off season. And then once I knew that I was going to retire, it really opened up, uh, the schedule and we could, we could plan it. So it was late, but, uh. You know, it was worth it. So we, we had a good time. On
0: your on your wedding day, did you know you were going to retire?
2: Not that exact day, but, uh, you know, I knew that, I knew my body was struggling to to keep up. But, uh, you know, it's kind of weird now. You know, J.D. asked me the other day, but, man, he, You've been cycling and riding all the time, and, you know, I mean, are, do you miss it? I'm like, well, you know what? I actually, my body feels so good now because I took so much time off. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know what I feel. <laughs> so, uh, you know, last year I had a shoulder that was really bothering me. If I was going to continue, I was going to have to get it fixed. Uh, but now, since I didn't ride my bike and I didn't do anything, like, th- like really strenuous, since the end of the season, like now, I have like no shoulder pain, no, none of that. So, um, so yeah, it was interesting. But, you know, I like competing against them boys, and uh, you know, giving somebody to, you know, let them have somebody to train with. Especially, I mean, JD likes to train all the time, so kind of helps him when he has somebody to, to train with, and uh, you know, give them a hard time. Mm-hmm. And somebody needs to.
1: Right. 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 <laughs> Speaking of J D, um, uh, you weren't at the race, but I mean you had to have been watching on TV. It's a pretty cool deal that he won, don't you think?
2: It was really cool. And I was watching actually on Moto America Live Plus. Uh that a boy. And I even watched Saturday's races too. You know, what's so good about having the the app was I took my niece to a slime convention. <laughs> I and saw that. uh
0: I know we got to find out uh, about that. We need to know what that is. And I was
2: able to watch the races on my phone while I was there, so uh, it worked out really nice, actually. And uh, but I was really happy for for JD. Um, you know, mainly just because I know how much work that JD puts in. I mean, I know I say this all the time, and I probably sound like his manager, but <laughs> the guy is. There's nobody that is more committed to racing motorcycles than JD. I mean, it's every day, all day. I mean, he flew home Sunday from uh, the race in California last week. Monday, you know, as soon as he gets home, he's prepping his turn track Sunday, and we're riding at his house on Monday. So the guy, you know, he puts in the time. He does the work. You know what I mean? There's no other... Distractions, so you want to see that that hard work uh pay off for a guy like that who takes it that serious and and works that hard and you know also I think it was it was cool for him because you know at the end of the season you know I seen him on them days when he didn't know what he was doing next year mm-hmm. yeah uh you know he didn't know if he was going to be road racing maybe I'm going to have to be a full time flat tracker he thought he had a super bike gig with one team and then it, you know, not Yos, but another place. And then it didn't, it didn't come through. And I remember one day he showed up at my house. I said, JD, are you sick? He said, no, I haven't been sleeping. Wow. He said, I'm so, I'm so stressed out about, you know, next year I, I can't sleep. And, uh, so, and then, you know, he got overlooked for, uh, you know, a couple of super bike rides. And uh, so I know that had to be some extra motivation and also, you know, kind of overlooked at Yamaha as well for not overlooked, but wasn't, wasn't really the guy they, they, they chose or the, you know, the way the cards played out. I don't know if I'd say wasn't chose,
0: but
2: anyways, he just wasn't picked by those guys. And, you know, to see him stick with it, not give up, not have a, not have a pity party and you know he wasn't saying you know that's what everybody gets for not believing in me he just does his job and so it was cool to cool to see that pay off and you know daytona he didn't make the main event made a mistake and so it was just it was just cool to see uh see his work pay off that, uh, that team
0: is interesting too now with, um, of course, your brother Tommy is, uh, I, I'm not sure what exactly his title is, operations manager or whatever, but perfect setup for him too. So um, it's got to be interesting. Does does Tommy or does, does JD know Tommy as well as he knows you? How, is it the same or is it different?
2: I think it's different. Uh, okay. Because I'm with JD more when JD started coming around is when Tommy wasn't racing as much but I mean he still knew Tommy and really Tommy's you know he doesn't really have a ton to do with the road race side of it it's more the flat track uh so you know as far as flat track goes I think that's who you know JD has to deal with all the time you know is is Tommy because he is the the team manager and um you know and I think I think it works out good for both of them because I I know that Tommy likes JD and another guy that it's hard not to like a guy who works that, you know, when you know you're busting your butt to put the team together, the guy's not sitting on the couch playing video games. I mean, he's training, he's doing his, doing his part. So, um, you know, I think it's cool and, you know, they want to. I don't know. To me, I think it's pretty cool. JD won his first race, and, and Tommy was the team manager, and kind of got his first wins. The team manager together, I guess you would say. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah.
1: What Roger? As far as, as far as missing, as far as the part you, you that you miss about the racing, is it, is it just burn? Is it burning laps on a really cool motorcycle, um, or is it the, or was it the actual the competition of a race?
2: The competition of the, of racing is what I miss the most, and, um, you know, last year was just a struggle just because, you know, there was just a lot going on physically and, you know, maybe mentally as well, and just, you know, I just needed a break, long story short, and, uh, you know, I, the training and stuff didn't bother me, and it still, I mean, obviously, you can see it still doesn't bother me, and now, You know, I got, took all this time off and all that. It's like, I don't know, I kind of feel like my old self again. And, you know, my body feels really good again. So um, just competing and being with the team and working together and, you know, trying to to figure out a way to be quicker. You know, I love that Friday when you're trying to figure out, what are we going to do tomorrow? We have to do something and working together, and then coming out Saturday morning, kind of like at Pittsburgh. We were slow, and we stayed on it, and then we won a race. So, uh, yeah, I really miss that, and, um, you know, I miss being in the paddock as well. So there's a lot of stuff I miss, but, uh, you know, I knew it was going to be a a transition for a while, and um, who knows what the the future might hold.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you were on the PA uh, at, was it road Atlanta when, yeah. Yeah. Just fantastic. I mean, we heard a lot of great things from fans about it. And I mean, you're such a natural for that. And um, I hope you, I hope you do more than more of that for us because uh, that's a cool aspect. And especially, you know, you're so close. You're so, it hasn't been long since you retired. So you know and understand everything that's going on there and really can have a lot of insight into everything. So I hope you're going to do some more of that this season and, and even beyond that.
2: Yeah, I hope to do. Uh, right now, the next one's not scheduled for uh, till Pittsburgh, so mm-hmm. uh, going to be a while. But I, I really, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would, and it was also harder than I thought it would be. You know, because the first day I did it was when the six hundred guys had that twenty minute red flag, and me and, um, uh, uh, Robbie Floyd. God, my mom, yeah, Robbie Floyd. We had to fill that gap of 20 minutes of talking and me and him just met each other. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, we were yeah. just trying to, trying to, trying to fill the gap the best we could. It was my first day on the, on the microphone. So it was a little bit, a little bit harder than I thought. But I bet, uh, you know, people told me I got, I got better as it went. And also, at Road Atlanta, uh, Tony paid me to go out and watch him in a couple of areas that he felt like he was struggling and oh wow. Since I was already gonna be there and took some videos and stuff for him and uh what his bike was doing different compared to uh a couple other guys and um you know gave him some ideas to to you know to work on and he got to see what his bike was doing in certain places compared to the other guys. So uh that was cool. It was a different, uh, different side of it. And it was just, it was just fun learning something new. Like I've never did it. I've never seen that side. I've never seen what all goes into it. Uh, there was actually one thing that was kind of freaking me out a little bit is a guy will talk in your ear while you're talking, yeah. you know, and be like, Oh, that's terrible. Know, yeah. You know, cause he's telling you like stuff that maybe that you don't see or, you know, Hey, we're going down to pit road. And I'll be, you know, talking and hear something in my ear, and I have to like keep going. So you kind of <laughs> realize, you know, it's not as easy as just sitting up there and talking. You know, like we are on the phone here. I mean, you can do this all day, but when they say, "Hey, you're on TV," I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to just to uh, relax and let it flow. But it was fun, and yeah, like I said, I hope to, I hope to do a lot more. And if not that, I hope something else can come up and come to more races. So uh, we'll see.
1: Yeah, it's always kind of cool to get paid to watch. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, cool. Exactly. I I didn't
0: know that about Tony too. So that that brings up something, uh, Roger. I want to ask you about. You know, it always seemed like the relationship that you and Tony had was so great, and a lot of camaraderie back and forth. Um, and I know you had that within your team, your your core group of guys in the team. Um, was it? You but you know they always say the first one you want to beat your teammates. So was it was it always? pretty great between you and Tony. I mean, obviously now that he's asking you to help him. So that's an interesting relationship.
2: No, we always, uh, we always got along pretty well. Um, You know, we, I think we tried to help each other as much as we could because at the time Yamaha was, you know, winning all the time and we wanted to work together and at least, you know, if sorted out between me and him it, and uh, I mean he definitely came out on the better end of the stick way more than me but um, we got along good we had there's only one instance that we uh, had a we had to talk about a disagreement or whatever you want to say the, the first year we were teammates but it was it was really cool because we both dropped it and we both knew. It was because the other one wanted to win so bad. You know, it's all it was. It was just competitive of nature, and, and you know what I mean? You understand that sometimes things happen, and that's just the way it is in racing. I mean, you always hear guys are, are mad at somebody or whatever. And, you know, when my brother passed away, I mean, Tony came to the funeral and just, I don't know, he went above and beyond what a teammate needed to do, especially for two guys fighting for for a championship, and he always, I mean, even last year, continued to, to help me. I knew that he was, uh, I knew he had a baby on the way at Barber. So, uh, you know, that's just like people ask, well, y'all really that good of friends? I'm like, well, I was the first one he told that he was having a baby on the way at, uh, <laughs> at Barber. That is you great. You before he told anybody else, and uh you know, I think he realized how much he could trust me because, you know, it never got leaked out till he told uh till he told anybody. Right. That's really cool. What a good story that is.
1: Where does he rank on a list of guys that you've raced as as far as like how tough of a competitor he is?
2: I mean, he has to be right up there at the top. I mean, uh uh I mean me and Ben Speeds just have a lot of battles back in the day but it was different because it was so early uh, and then Josh was always really tough him and Josh are comparable because sometimes they will their way to victory more than they might not have the best setup or the best speed but they uh, they figure out a way and sometimes you think that Tony's out of it and then next thing you know he's there he is. And, uh, he's just, he's just tough. And, you know, when the green flag drops, Tony doesn't really, you know, he doesn't care to, to be your, your buddy or not. And that's just the way it is. I mean, he'll talk to you in the pits, go to dinner, let you follow him, whatever. But when that shield goes down, um, you, you know he's not he's not really he's for tony and wants to win and you know that's kind of kind of way i thought that josh hayes was but i mean also you have to throw cameron in there too because i mean he won a lot but cameron has almost sometimes like more raw speed than maybe those two if right. that makes sense like i mean he No it does. He's super talented and competitive and you know, once he started training a lot, it all, once, I knew once it all came together, he was going to be really strong because that first year on a superbike, I mean, he was so smooth and so fast and you could hear him get on the gas so early and just, it looked too easy.
1: Yeah, that, that's the, that's the thing with him. It just seems like it comes easy to him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like. Almost like my brother, Tommy, like sometimes I'll, we'll go to back in the day, we go to a motocross track and I'll be watching him. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm about to smoke this guy <laughs> and get out there. And he's like actually going faster than me. And I'm like, this don't something, something don't look right. But that's kind of that's kind of how uh, kind of how uh, Cameron is. And, uh, you know, Garrett. Yeah, I was going to say. It, Yeah, at Atlanta when I was watching uh, practices, Garrett was really, really fast and looked really, uh, really smooth and uh, in control. So I mean, he's he's Garrett's gonna win eventually. Uh, Man, that guy's just having some some bad luck, but but once that goes away, I think. Garrett's definitely figured out how to, I mean, ride the big bike. Look how far he came back at uh, uh, Austin and almost right. um, that that first race. So the Superbike class is awesome this year. I mean, it's it's competitive. I mean, you turn on the TV and there's a pocket guy. I mean, even last week at uh, Virginia, the battle for third through sixth was, was really good. And I think we got to. We got a good stage set because you know Tony and Cameron. I mean, they're friendly, but you can tell that there's a. It's a little deeper with those two, and then you got uh, Garrett and uh, I think JD are gonna. Yeah. Kind of create a little bit of a, you know, rivalry between those two because they're the next two guys, really, and then, uh Jake and Matthew Schultz is in there as well so I think we're in for a a really good year in superbike
1: and you didn't even talk about the guy on your bike right I was just about to say that yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, I didn't even think
2: about that but yeah and throw (laughs) uh throw Josh Heron in there as well because I mean of course he's he's fast and he likes to you know he likes to mix it up as well so I think uh I don't I think the best I mean we've had some pretty good races already, but I think we're the best is far to, to come yet and I don't know how I forgot about forgot about Josh, but I mean there's <laughs> there's six guys right now that you could say if if you said one at Road America, you wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs>
2: Let, let's talk about
0: Josh uh, Heron for a minute. Um, you you've known him for a long time, Roger, and you've you've seen his writing. I think change. I think you you know. What, what's your opinion? It seems like he's diff- a different guy, a different writer than he used to be. Um, even a couple of years ago, would would you agree with that, or or do you think he's the same? Where, where, where do you think he is?
2: I think he's <clears throat> for sure a lot better writer than he. I mean, not not that he was ever a bad writer, but you know couple years ago he was always looking for a toe and if he was in the lead the pace wasn't sometimes i mean i think he would even tell you this that sometimes oh, yeah. he didn't he you know didn't do the lap time maybe that the leaders would do or you know he would be one of those guys that could get a toe off somebody and drop a second and a half so um but then last year i mean even when he rode the super stock bike the last year at um at mean, I mean he got on the podium at, at Laguna. But last year he was doing the lap times by himself in practice. He could lead a race. When he was in front, the lap time wasn't slowing. So I think he really uh, he really made a huge step last year and um, I mean he deserved the the Superbike ride without a doubt because he was the next best guy that didn't have a ride last year for sure. And I think, I think uh, this year he might uh, – and, and this is so easy to do once you get a factory ride, but, you know, you see other guys too, like maybe sometimes putting too much pressure on himself and, you know, not being Josh Heron of uh, – I don't know this for sure. I mean, just – and I, I mean, I could be wrong too. I mean, there could be something else going on. I don't – get involved but you know then you go to the second race at uh coda and he he looks relaxed He's, ha- you know what i mean he just looks like he's on cruise control next to la- last couple laps he you know steps up the pace so uh i think once he figures that out you know just uh just to have fun how great his team is it's new they're gelling and uh you know just quit putting so much pressure, and think that he has to to win every weekend because he's he's a great rider, and uh, he's on a great bike and a great team. That's they're really behind him. So, um, you know, I think once he once he gets past, you know, just settling into Josh of last year, you know, he's going to make a huge step.
0: Yeah, we we were thinking that when going into VIR, I mean, we were kind of reliving history a little bit there from a couple of years ago and thinking, you know, the way, the way Josh did, way Heron did at uh Coda that he would go in there and maybe, you know, mix it up with Tony a little bit. It didn't happen for a number of reasons, but I still think, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, there, there's going to be some, they're going to be together at some point here and it'll be interesting to see how that goes. That'll be kind of one of the tests of those two teammates, I guess. So.
2: Yeah, for sure. Because uh, both of those guys like to, you know, stick their nose in there and are really aggressive and it's gonna it happens. I mean, people just I mean, race the Moto America paddock, I mean, everybody does get along, but at the same time, I mean, nobody really gives each other an inch once they're out on the track. I mean, they know this is their livelihood and this is I mean, there's there's inner disputes that people don't see all the time that people have, you know, arguments or disagreements or they're you know mad at this guy for for whatever but it's almost like I guess they don't always just continue to carry on it's kind of like you know some guys do uh but it's almost kind of like high school you know like they might have a dispute or argument but they kind of get over it but uh everybody thinks that everybody just hugs and kisses after every single race but that's just because there's cameras and stuff there's a lot more. <laughs> there's a lot more that goes on behind closed doors and people that don't like each other more than people think.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I think it's, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but like, I think especially with the, with the Cameron and, and Tony thing, I mean, it, it doesn't take much of a spark there to make a fire,
2: you know? No. And I think, uh, I think Tony's still bitter about right. road Atlanta a couple of years ago. I think he still hasn't, <laughs> It hasn't died oh, down. Well, he has a long memory.
1: He still has, has memory. That's memory. right.
2: <laughs> and that was that was so funny because I used to always give Tony a a, a hard time about that because uh, when we were walking the track the first time when we got to Pittsburgh and he was like, "Man, this is this gonna be hard to learn," and I said, "Well, luckily for you, you have good memory." And it took him like five seconds and then, you know, he just starts dying laughing. So Oh he
0: did. Okay. Yeah, That's good. Yeah.
2: That's awesome. So he was he knew I was always uh we could always give each other a hard time. But you know, the dust was a little bit settled by then. We were a little we were about a month or two away. I I don't know if I would have did it the next week. But, right. Right. But you can tell those two, they still You can tell when they race. I mean, it's there's a little more there.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I think honestly, those two go into every race and basically every lap. I think they're thinking about each other. Um, Like I know it's like no matter what. If I think any of those guys, if if you're leading, or um, yeah, if you're leading, you're, you're 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 you know that Cameron and Tony are coming at some point.
2: And I, because to be honest, I mean. They're the only two to prove. to I mean, they stand in each other's way of the championship until until somebody else is there week in week out, year after it's year. I mean, it's 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 those. Two. I'm not saying that somebody can't. I mean, Garrett could, JD could, uh, Josh could. I mean, any of those guys could. But until it happens. I think they they feel like the other one's their biggest threat, and as of right now, I mean it it holds true.
0: I think that was real insightful of you to say about the the, the situation with JD and Garrett too being teammates, and I mean they always got along and with team as teammates and everything. But you you kind of explained the scenario about how each of them won a championship, but Garrett won the one first that got him into Superbike and that whole thing. But now, boy, I don't know if you got a sense of it, Roger, from watching Moto America live plus, but I've never seen Garrett so upset about not winning a race after that VIR one. Did you, did you gather that too from watching it?
2: Yeah. He seemed really, uh, really disappointed. I mean, it, it stinks whenever you spend a couple years trying to achieve a goal and somebody does it, their, their third race. And I mean, the, the, the 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 facts are those two have been battling each other for a ride for how long now? I mean at Graves, and then somebody had to replace Josh, and then you know, I'm sure Garrett probably thinking, man, if JD keeps winning these races, maybe he's gonna get my my seat next year. And you know, all of us riders sometimes think a lot more than it is, and I I think Garrett really probably thought that if somebody else beat him, he would have been okay because they've won before. I just don't think he thought on his day that he's going to beat Tony and Cameron by that big of a gap, that he's going to get second by three seconds. And I think that was the uh, thing that stung him the most. But, you know, that's Garrett will grow from that. And you know what? We might look back at this in three or four races or five races and say that was the best thing that ever happened to Garrett because it might have good point. You yeah. know, it might have lit a fire under him that that we don't know about. And you know, Garrett definitely has a lot of raw speed, and I seen that firsthand at uh, at Atlanta when I was out there watching on Friday because he was visually coming through the the first section that rolled Atlanta faster than the other guys. Hey Roger, yeah,
1: I, I, I want Go. Oh. I think he could be. I think he could be one of those guys that, uh, when he gets that first one, kind of can go on a bit of a run with it. You know,
2: he can for sure. And he, I mean, he proved that on the, on the six hundred. Once he got it figured out, and honestly, he has now. I mean, he's got Josh in his corner. I mean, what better guy can you have in your corner to? you know, that knows the Yamaha R one like the back of his hand uh, you know, pump you up for the race and kinda help you learn your racecraft and maybe, you know, tell him what he coulda did different and, you know, Garrett Garrett will learn from that. So he's uh he's in a good spot and i um, you know how bad it must have stung him to get beat by J D and the cool thing about it is is, you know, J D definitely doesn't think that he's got it figured out now. I mean, he knows he's got a lot, a lot more to go. So but that just, that just benefits us from the sidelines. That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I haven't, um, I haven't seen that many tears in, in, in at the podium since Michael Lessie won that heat race.
2: <laughs> yeah. And it was, uh I mean, I definitely, I, I felt bad for, for, uh for Garrett. And I, I would like to think he probably wishes he could uh, go back and maybe do that different, but that's the great thing about all all of our races being live and as bad as it might have felt for him to do that on live TV, but it's great when you get to see that raw emotion and to see that it actually meant something to him. Like, if I worked for Garrett, I would have been happy to see that because... right. He, it meant something to him more than just riding around, collecting a check and going home. Like it that's was, right. It meant something to him.
0: Yeah, that's a good so point.
2: Was, that was cool to see.
0: Yeah. Um, I gotta, so I got a question for you, Roger. This is pretty random, but it's I was thinking about this this morning. A um, couple of years ago, I was talking to Rick Hobbs, who you know is Cameron's crew chief, and I'm pretty sure he worked with Nikki, um with Honda back in the day. But I think it was Rick that told me, uh, something that I should have realized and really didn't, but it was the at that time anyway. Nikki was real. He used a lot of rear brake, and obviously because of the flat track background. And they say that that's the case about JD a lot too. um And I never really had a chance to ask you this, but do you do you use a lot of rear brake on a, on a road racing motorcycle?
2: I did use a lot of rear brake, but uh, I tried to get away from it as much as I could and. My, uh, my data guy would always have to have him help me to watch, watch for that because, you know, and dirt track, you'd use it for traction control. So when Nikki was at Honda, you know, he was riding a lot of flat track and there wasn't a lot of, you know, electronics and, and stuff like that. And they didn't want him going to the next level using the rear brake so much because it's not uh it's not great at the next level and, and some instances like when i rode the kawasaki Motor gp bike i was having some front chatter and it was because i'd use the rear brake and they showed me like as soon as i touched the rear brake the front would chatter so hmm. sometimes when you use the rear brake now it like you're kind of fighting the electronics so they don't want you to to use it and let and let the electronics work, but back when Nikki was at Honda, the rear brake was your I mean, pretty much was your electronics.
0: Yeah, they used to say he would come in and the pads would be worn out right on the back calipers, which is you know, crazy to think of. But I I hear you about the traction control. Obviously, he changed as his career went on and probably really got off the rear brake a lot later on in his career. Um, learn especially with all the electronic intervention that he raced with later on. Um, would you say that's yeah. right?
2: Yeah, once he got to the, you know, his last year at Honda, they really worked on not using it. And then once he went to MotoGP, I mean, definitely had to not use it. And I know JD now, it's one of the things he's working on once he got on the super bike. You know, I know uh, he was telling me that, you know, Richard was on him a lot about the the rear brake. Uh, One of the first tests they came in, they couldn't even touch the rear brake. I mean, he was smoking through. Smoking through pads, but a guy like JD, he's going to do so many laps testing and, and work on it, and um, I'm sure he worked. It's got to be a little bit hard going from flat track and then stopping once you get on the road race bike, but
1: absolutely, I think
2: JD's uh, figuring it out. And a lot of guys, it's almost like a comfort thing, the rear brake, because you know what it's going to do. But a lot of times when you use the rear brake, though, you kind of stop the bike, you know, and take all the power away instead of the electronics, just letting the electronics do it and just take away a little bit of the power. Hmm. So what what is what is Roger do every
1: day? Um, I know there's some cycling and I know you still work out pretty hard. But other than that, what what's the, what's a typical day for a retired Roger Hayden look like? You don't play golf yet, right?
2: No, I don't play golf yet. I uh uh right now the last couple of weeks has been riding my dirt bike and and cycling a lot, but uh I've been doing a lot of stuff also for uh, Nikki's Memorial Foundation. Um we have a dinner coming up in June and uh like a dinner auction type thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, me and my sisters actually have been working pretty hard on it and, uh, me as well and, and got an Instagram page going for his Memorial Foundation and a Facebook page going for his foundation. And, you know, it's, it's a little more work than you would think. You would think it'd be pretty easy, but there's a lot of, uh, hurdles and stuff that you have to get through. So, um, just... Yeah, just actually been uh, trying to get all that going and, and get this dinner going because we wanna, you know, keep his foundation going and not you know not realize when it's too late like, oh man, we're we're about to run out of you know money to donate to these different things that we like to donate. So we wanna keep it going, but also we wanna do everything that we do like Nikki would want it, which is you know perfect almost. You know what I mean? Something that he would look down and and be proud of and and not a joke. So we have a, a dinner coming up in um, in June where we sold tables for a thousand bucks for eight people, and there's going to be an auction. So just going through and trying to see what people want to give up for an auction for the the people that bought a table and Motor America was actually, they gave us two of the, uh, full throttle passes for a uh, barber, which was pretty cool. Cause a lot of people around here like to go, to, go to barber. So, uh, you know, just stuff like that and, and trying to help put all that together. And my mom had knee surgery a couple of weeks ago, so she can't drive for six weeks. So, wow. uh, uh, I'm kind of returning the favor from all the surgeries that I've had, <laughs> toting her back and forth to the the doctor and a couple other stuff. We had to go look at flowers for her garden the other day. So, uh, yeah, just some stuff like that. And uh, just now getting back more busy riding and, and cycling a lot more that the weather's better. I gotta.
1: We can't end this without talking about this slime thing that you. Yeah, I gotta know about that because I'm. I was trying to figure that out, and and my kids. I I don't know. I must have missed the slime part, but um, to explain that a little bit, what what what's that all about?
2: Uh, so I guess kids these days or slime is like the new the new thing. I mean, Tony's uh, girlfriend's daughter i mean she's like same age as my niece and she's all about slime i mean she went to barber and all they did outside the hotel was make slime (laughs) uh but tommy's got one of his uh his daughter claudia in particular who's obsessed with slime about like we was with motorcycles when we were kids watches videos all day on youtube uh makes different slime wants somebody to Set her up an Etsy account so she can sell her slime. It's pretty cool how they make it because, I mean, it's like laundry, detergent, glue. She uses all these different smells like key lime pie, slime, and like wow. bubble slime. Wow. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago she was telling me uh, that's all she wants to do is make slime. That's just what she does. She messes with it. What do you What do you it? Doing- we do, do with play it. With it. Yeah. They just play with it and then put beads in it and do like all these different things and make different smells and different configurations and different stuff. And a couple of weeks ago she told me that we needed to deck my uh, racing van out so we could go to these slime conventions and she can sell her slime. And I'm like there's not there's no way there's slime conventions. And uh, she borrowed my phone and she was looking up slime conventions, but she never said anything. And I got home, and I looked at my phone to see what she was looking up, and it was slime conventions. So I looked at it, and I seen there was one coming into Nashville, and which is only two hours from our house. And I got on there and got tickets for her. And her, uh, her sister, little sister likes slime, but not like she does. But... Once I told her she was going to a slime convention, I mean, there was, like, almost tears is how excited she That's was. That's awesome. Says it was the best day of her life. Oh, wow. <laughs> Uncle Roger. Was it, this, was it going to this slime convention? I mean, I, I don't get it either, but, I mean, she probably wouldn't get it either if some kid was riding his motorcycle four hours a day. Right,
0: right. Because she doesn't tell really you.
2: like she doesn't really, she's not really into sports or, you know, this year she's played a couple, but I mean, she was so excited. She couldn't sleep. And then I like wrote a couple people on Instagram about, you know, Hey, we're coming to this slime thing. And like a couple of the, I guess you call them slimers like wrote me back. Can't wait to meet your niece. And I screenshotted it and, and showed it to her and, I mean, she was just so excited. I didn't know slime was that big. One of the people there had 2 million Instagram followers.
0: Wow. Wow. Damn. Is it related to Nickelodeon? They do some stuff with slime on Nickelodeon. Is that re- that too? Or?
2: No. I mean, there's, It's that's on there, but I guess, I don't know. I mean, a bunch of kids now that are from like the age of 5 to and up, they just, I mean, it makes a heck of a mess because you got to use a, <laughs> Elmer's glue and laundry detergent's how you get started.
0: That's bizarre. I guess it's better than eating those pods anyway. I'm glad that one's over. That was stupid. Yeah, but when they
2: make a heck of a mess, you can, I mean, we don't be doing, we're not making any slime at my house. I can promise you that. (laughs)
1: That, You you make them at grandma's?
2: Grandma's house has got, I'm not kidding you, uh, two rocks with, six shelves on it full of slime different (laughs) products wow (laughs) i mean glue and lotions and detergent and like all these different smells i mean it's unbelievable
0: (laughs) um hey i know we're getting towards the end but i wanted to ask you about a couple things regarding owensboro um you know we used to all know owensboro as being where all the the haydens are from but it's really grown beyond that now it's incredible how you guys have cultivated such a riding culture among, you know, obviously Nick McFadden and, um, you know, JD, of course, moved there and, and and Hayden Gillum, who I know is a relative. But, you know, Gage Reese, I mean, Kelly Reese moved there. Um, it's really become an epicenter for for motorcycle racing. It's that's quite a legacy to your whole family that you started that because, I mean, I know you had some other flat track guys that were in the area of when you were a kid. Right. But for sure, you've really kind of gotten it going down there um wouldn't you say roger
2: yeah i mean it's just for one i mean Orangeboro is not crazy expensive so if you wanted to buy some land and and put a track on there it's reasonable but the the biggest thing i think for us is you always have somebody to ride with (laughs) so when you go to jd's turn track or somebody else's turn track you know where everybody is like on the track so everybody knows who's faster than who who's faster than you how by how much because they spot you you know like you know i see where i where at this spot where's jake where's little nick at where's jd at so you always have somebody to ride with and push you so if you're the fastest you want to you know you know you're bumming the person, everybody else out. So you're trying to be a lot faster. Uh, nobody wants to be the first one to stop. So <laughs> you know you just have somebody to always push you on days that maybe you don't want to do anything, or you know Gage Reese. I think is really. I mean he's roll. I haven't. I mean I've only rolled with him a couple times the last week or two. He's been on some bicycle rides, and, I mean, they haven't been much fun, I wouldn't think, a couple of them. But, Mm -hmm. you know, he has to, you know, he sees what it takes. I mean, you see what JD's doing to win superbike races, and it's not set on the couch and show up and it just happens. He's putting putting the work in, and one day you might be feeling not so good about uh, wanting to go cycling, but somebody else wants to go. So you don't want to be, you never want to be that guy where I don't want to go. I mean, there's some people that are like that, but you don't want to be that guy. Like yesterday, me and JD went mountain biking after we went, rode a turn track and, you know, Nick McFadden was just going to go home and we were getting him a hard time. So, you know, he comes to the mountain bike trail. So you just always have somebody to, to give you a push. And when you ride by yourself, it's easy to get, you know. Just cruise around, you know, not not push. Thank you are riding hard. Thinking you are setting the world on fire. But we always have somebody to ride with, to push you, to motivate you. It just, uh, you know, it's better. It's like playing basketball with somebody that's better than you. It's going to make you better.
0: Right. Yeah. It's cool.
1: All right. We're going to let Uncle Slimy go. <laughs> that was good. All right.
2: Well, thanks for... Uh, Thanks for uh, having me on. And next year, Paul, I guess we'll see each other in the NFL uh, playoffs. I guess Sean, we'll see you next year, battling for the number one draft pick again,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then screwing it up. <laughs> I,
2: some I, apparently they
0: want since I'm in Ohio, they want me to become a Browns fan, but I'm not going to do it. I don't care if Odell's there or not.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's not hey, going to work for me. We have
2: me. a. Uh, we have a local college here that's got a football team. I mean, maybe some of your giants could come scout. I mean, it's 2A. I mean, maybe get you another quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Since
0: we went to Duke and got one. Yeah, Duke, yeah. A, a big a big football school. That makes a lot of sense.
1: Oh, <laughs> Sean. Roger and I have this longstanding thing where we know that one day it's going to be a Bears-Chargers Super Bowl. And somehow... Somehow we're gonna find the money to make that happen, and we're gonna go. Hopefully, no, I'm I not the one I
2: making it. The... I talked to uh, Chuck and Wayne, and if that happens, I think they said Modal America was gonna cover it for us for all they of should. Our, uh, all of our hard work and dedication to the series.
1: I'll work that angle with Wayne and make sure that happens. But
2: uh, don't let hopefully, forget. hopefully,
1: hopefully, we're alive to see it
2: <laughs> for sure. <laughs>
1: All right, guys. I, A, A, Roger, thanks for coming on with us. All and, right, thanks uh, for having me. We'll I'll see talk you. to you later. Yeah, we'll see you in Pittsburgh, if not before. And uh, Sean, same to you. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk next yeah, week. Yeah, thanks.
0: Okay, sounds good, guys. See you. Bye. Bye.